Blackhawks Live. That always helps when you win. <laughs> Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain. Go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. Welcome in, everyone. We're back on on Monday night and ahead of a very busy stretch of home schedule, thankfully, for the Blackhawks. Four games over the next uh, six days as they have a six-game homestand following that six-game road trip that just concluded. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Bowden alongside Nick Ismondi, who had gotten off the golf course finally, and we're back to focusing on hockey. I hope the scores are coming down, buddy. I'm getting all right. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Got new sticks I'm getting used to, but uh, you and me, we're going to play this summer. We'll have like a rubber match. Oh, watch out. Be careful what you wish for there. I'm, uh, as I said a couple of minutes ago in our tease, excited to be joined by Brandon Hagel. Been waiting to talk to him for quite a long time as he has had one impressive rookie season so far for the Blackhawks, really making an impact. And... Uh, a guy I see well uh, a lot, very often, but but glad to be a part of uh, that team as uh, the Blackhawks radio play-by-play man. John Wideman will join us coming up in our second hour. But uh, Nick, as we uh, as we uh, yeah take a look uh, and do a little reset here before we take a break and join Brandon. Um, one in five road trip. I don't know if this is you know anything particularly shocking. They're obviously hoping for better, but when you look at back at those two games against a defending Stanley Cup champion that's really on a roll. Hottest goaltender maybe ever right now in Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, yeah. That first game down there, they're 2-2, five minutes into the third period. Uh, a breakaway goal ends up giving Tampa Bay the lead, and then they score an empty netter. And then down 2 nothing in that game on Saturday, they had an open door with a 5-on-3 situation for uh, 80, 90 seconds or so. And unable to cash in on that important situation, uh, and after that, things uh, got away a little bit. I would think, you know, even though there may be some disappointment at coming home at one and five, and the guys themselves certainly expected better. You know, you ask anybody, 32 games in, and when the season starts, if you would take this position uh, in a tie, virtually for fourth place in this division, with an opportunity to make the playoffs in that fourth slot, uh, a lot of people would say, certainly, yeah, count me in, jump on it. Uh, we'd be happy with that. Yeah, listen, I, I think they're still way ahead of where a lot of people put them at, but obviously this, you know, this, these last few games, a little bit of a reality check for them. Uh, you know, I think that, you, you know, when you, when you have the, the Stanley Cup champion tied at two, you know, into the third, this is what we've, we've talked about a couple of times, and it's that, it's that finding a way to close the door. It's that it's that finding a way to just seal it off and, and, and power through and get the win or or find a way to, to pick up a point. So I think that they're going to be disappointed in things like that. But I think when you look back at those games and what they did in practice today, it reflects on what they want to work on. And, and, and historically, at least for me with this team, even into last year, where they have struggled, where they have faltered, and where they have lost themselves games is in transition. And they worked on it today at practice. Jeremy Carlton talked about it at length in his in his uh, post practice morning presser. But this is a team that when they transition well and do it the right way, the way he the, the way that he wants them to do it, they're able to find some success. So we'll see if this morning's practice paid off. They certainly are going to work on it. Uh, tomorrow pregame skate probably just briefly, but another tough test with some very good teams coming up here in the next couple of days, and it starts again tomorrow with Florida. At, uh, you know, tomorrow night back at the United Center. Yeah, and the good news is no more Florida on the schedule for the rest of the regular season. But the goal is to try and get a return trip to Florida and see how you can fare if you're fortunate enough to get into the playoffs. And now right. you get to see if you can 
find a way to beat this Panthers team here at home. You have a couple of things working to your advantage. Now you've seen them for four times and uh, hopefully you can figure out a way. Florida uh, coming off a game last night. Or, uh, yeah, it was last night, yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the Bolts had back-to-backs against uh, the Blackhawks and then their uh, cross-state rival in Florida and the Lightning even able to come back and handle the Panthers in that one by a final of 5-3. to three. Time for our first break here on Blackhawks Lab presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. When we come back, we'll be pleased to be joined by Blackhawks outstanding rookie Brandon Hagel. That's next on 720 WGN. Hornquist at the Hawk line on the left wing. Tried to gather in the puck and send it down the boards. Good play by Adam Boquist to step up and stop it right there. Hagel now to Kubalik to Hagel into the side of the net. He shoots and scores! Kubalik fed it across. There was Hagel standing beside the right post. It was a wide open net. And Hagel buried it, and the Hawks lead 1-0. That's our guest later on, John Wideman, talking about what our guest right now did a couple of games ago, and that being uh, Brandon Hagel has been Blackhawks property for about two and a half years now, and uh, Blackhawks have to be happy with the investment. He has certainly put his style and his stamp uh, on this lineup, not letting go of the opportunity that uh, he was finally given, and it's our time now to welcome him into Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Brandon, Chris Bowden, and Nick Kismani, first of all, thanks for joining us. How are you tonight? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Good. Uh, so, uh, first, just want to ask you about how you guys, as, as a predominantly you know young team, are, are handling this really this first stretch of adversity uh, lately? One one that wasn't you know out of the realm of possibility when people take a look at the at the schedule. You guys certainly didn't look at that at that way. But as you come home from this road trip and enter a pretty important home stretch here, uh, how is the team handling it? And you know what was the the focus a little bit earlier today once you got back out on the practice ice? Yeah, I think uh I think we just kind of keep moving on as as everyone knows the schedule is really really uh hectic and there's games all the time but I mean um lots of teams go through adversity like this throughout the year it doesn't matter who you are um and it's it's the way you come out of it and I think uh with our group of guys I think um everyone's still upbeat in the dressing room and has a positive attitude and they know that we're going to get through this and come out of it, out of here stronger so um, just kind of got to look at it that way because we can't really change the past, can't go back and do anything about it. So just kind of move forward and uh, just get out of this uh, and take the positives out of some of these games. Yeah, Brandon, you know, I, I don't think there's ever really maybe the perfect time to, to slump a little bit or, or go through some tough stuff. But if you're looking at it schedule-wise, for you all, you start the season off maybe a little bit tough, but you show a bounce back. And then now this is kind of really the first stretch after that, that initial couple of games of the season where you're in a little bit of a lull and you're in a little bit of a rut and you've got to pull yourselves out. But it's not like it's at the end of the year when you're really pushing for points, though in a shortened season every point matters. So how important is it for you guys to sort of find a way to climb out of this at this moment? And, you know, is this an okay time to sort of go through this because you have time to, to pull out of the rut a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like you said, I don't think there's a good time ever to go through this, but uh, but it happens. It happens to every team. Like I said earlier, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's it's better off going through it now than down the stretch, pushing for that playoff run. And I know um, we're we're going to get out of it and, and we're going to keep moving forward. And that, that run for us that we were doing good there, it's going to come again. And uh, like I said, a lot of guys believe in their dressing room, uh, even though we're young. I mean, there's a lot of fire on our backs. And, 
and stuff like that. So, I mean, we, like I said, we just got to take the, the positives out of that and, and build off of these, uh, these teams that we're playing. I mean, you got to, these teams are good for a reason. You got to learn from them and learn from these games. And I think, uh, we'll do a pretty good job at that and come out stronger. Well, congratulations, first of all, on really entrenching yourself in this lineup. I know you can't think of it that way, but, uh, you know, once you've gotten this opportunity, you've really seized it and, uh, you know, uh, become, you know, a, a regular and a reliable guy. And I, I want to go back a little bit to your to your backstory, though, because I think this all adds up. I mean, you pretty much spent eight years, you know, proving yourself. You know, you're not selected in the Bantam draft, and then once you finally are selected in the NHL draft, sixth round by Buffalo. A couple years later, oh by the way, they decide, okay, we're not going to sign you and let you let you go loose, and you put in your your, uh, your four years in the Western League. You know, I, I know uh, some of these, some of that incentive is the reason of of why you are here and, and what you're proving right now. How much? Has that uh, kind of fueled you? I, I know you heard the same thing over and over again. Despite putting up great numbers throughout your career, it's always about size. You got to bulk up. You got to be this. You got to be that. But but how much has that fueled you to get to this point right now? Yeah, it's definitely helped me out a lot. I think. I mean, starting off from Bantam, I mean, I never went to um, uh, after a certain camp that we had. We went. There's like top eighty, and then Team Alberta and stuff. I was never selected to that. Never really selected to things uh, as I was growing up. So when the whole Bantam draft came, I mean that was a bummer because uh, a lot of a lot of guys back home. That's kind of a dream of theirs. Um, and then I was ended up uh, kind of going to uh, White Court Wolverines in Junior A, and I and uh, Red Deer was called two games into that season and asked if I wanted to play, and I said um, or to come skate and kind of get a look and I said I would be up for that and they were hosting Memorial Cup so I thought that was pretty cool so I ended up going there and then uh, yeah I was drafted in the sixth round um, and then never really didn't sign and it was kind of I was just kind of used to it at that point I knew I needed to take the positive and keep moving forward and the dream of mine was to play in the NHL so I I kept that dream alive and I just kept moving forward I couldn't let let that kill me because um, I know there's 30 other teams out there that could potentially want me so just kind of I just just over the years it's more of just trying to prove people wrong because I've always been in that position and um not getting invited to certain things and it's it's not fun it's definitely not fun but I mean uh here I am now so it's 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 definitely a good feeling you talk about your game, maybe a, a little bit of a deeper look if, if you're going to analyze it. And I think at the start of the season, people wanted to see you score that first goal and they were waiting for it. But, you know, I think people forget that, you, you know, you set the Red Deer career record for assists with 176 before you turned pro with Rockford. So, you know, you know how to see the, you see the ice real well. You can move the puck real well. You're setting guys up left and right. So if, if you had to describe your game to somebody that's, that's never seen Brandon Hagel play before, what, what is it and what, what are the strengths and what, what gets people excited about the way you play? How did you make it to the NHL? Yeah, I just think uh, one of the biggest things is my um, my work ethic. I, I try to be the hardest working player on the ice, and I think that's going to benefit you in a, in a lot of different ways. And if my work ethic's there, I think my skill can to, can come into hand. I I believe I can uh, make plays and score goals, and I can also I can produce at this level. So um, maybe some bounces aren't going going the right way, but I, I believe that they will one day. 
um, as it's my first year, but uh, I, just kind of my work ethic and then everything kind of falls in place. I just try to be, like I said, the hardest working guy out there. Um, I feel I see the ice pretty well and and stuff like that. So um, it's just kind of kind of the way I see my game. But uh, like I said, uh, my work ethic is my number one thing, kind of getting pucks back. Um, it's, it's nice to have the puck on your stick. So. Well, uh, a lot of Blackhawk fans are familiar with Brent Sutter. He played here a handful of seasons, and he was your coach over at uh, Red Deer uh, for, for those uh, four, I think all four years, I believe. Uh, how much of that makeup of yours right now has to do with his influence on you? Yeah, I look at him as like second father to me. He's been there for me for all four years. I mean, um, I can't thank him enough. He's he's helped me. He's uh, He's definitely kept me up upbeat a little bit over the years as I didn't sign in Buffalo and he was the first one to call me and talk to me about it and, and what we can do do for the next year to try and get you get get me to pro hockey and uh yeah he was he's he was awesome for me for all four years and um he definitely has a big part in in what why I'm here today this this team right now w- when you see them when you take a look at where they're at and and maybe what the mentality is in the locker room. I've, I've talked to a lot of the guys on this show and, and even in the press conferences about the mentality, and it's about the watch what we're going to do because we're going to do it for ourselves. You've obviously been in, in a lot of locker rooms, and you've had to pull up by the bootstraps before. You look at the makeup of this room, the mix of the veterans and the rookies. Do they have that moxie? Do they have the get-up-and-go? Do they have that watch what we're going to do here after this slump kind of a mentality, do you think, right now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um the older group of guys in this dressing room is incredible. I mean, they've they've kept us in line this whole time, and and they really do believe they they've seen what we've done, and just talking to them, and they're really surprised. Like they know we're going to win. They know we're going to win. We're going to get there one day, and they know that um, we have a really good group of guys. Like to be honest, it's it's a really close group, which is which is super nice because um, there is a lot of older guys and younger guys, and sometimes that that plays in factor but um the, the older guys in the leadership group have done a tremendous job and, and they know exactly what we can do in this dressing room so like i said everyone's believing and everyone thinks that um good things are going to come out of this well there also has to be a sense of camaraderie with all, all the yeah you're a part of you know a large contingent six seven rookies who are getting thrown out there every night being counted on and and relied upon uh how much of uh, that camaraderie between uh, you guys is is there and evident in that locker room is you know, you go through all this together, and you know, really up until this point, you've really earned your stripes in, in putting this team in the position that it is right now. Yeah, I think all of us young guys have done a really, really good job, um, just kind of bringing it every night. I know um, there's a lot of people that maybe didn't believe in us at the start of the year, but uh, um, this older, this this young group of guys is incredible, and we're all all get along and. We all believe in each other, so I think that definitely helps us out, and um, I think it's been showing too. As this team comes down the stretch for you in in, a, in what has been an incredible first first year for yourself, what do you think the biggest takeaways are personally? Maybe what maybe what's the biggest thing you've learned? Maybe what's the biggest motivation? Maybe who's been the biggest influence? But if you have to look back on the season, you talk about how much Sutz has meant to you and how he's been such a major impact uh, getting you to this point. Well, now that you've moved forward and you're here in the NHL, what do you think your biggest takeaway has been from this Chicago organization from this season? 
I think it's just been our, our leadership group and and them showing us young guys the ropes. I think they've been really been good on showing us how to be a pro and kind of just helping us with little things throughout the throughout our our start to our journey. I think um, just just little things like on the road and what what to do and just little things like that, sitting with us at tables and stuff like that. It's really benefited a lot of us, and I think a lot of us feel really uh, really comfortable as young guys and. And uh, it's it's definitely helped us along the way, but um, that's probably one big thing I can take out of this. But there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of different things. I mean, a lot of the guys have been really really good to me. I mean, uh, Alex DeBrinket's been there um, since day one, kind of helping me and showing me the ropes as well. So I think um, that's definitely benefited benefited hey, me. Two two quickies before we let you go here. First of all, uh, uh, the poster. The poster on your wall, growing up, uh, Western Canadian boy. Did you, who, who was your idol? <laughs> uh, my idol was uh, Alex Ovechkin, actually. Ah, okay, all right. Was it. Yeah. Got, yeah, well, get ready for next season. You'll be going up against <laughs> the idol. You have to yeah. handle that. Brandon, you're on, the, you're on the grade eight. You're on Ovi. Go defend him. Uh, and, and the other thing you yeah. were talking about, being on the road, uh, what's the app that, uh, that you're wearing out most during all the downtime on the road? Oh, good question. Um, I'm not sure. I'm kind of, I, I like watching, uh, a Twitch, I guess. Okay. Video games is kind of fun. <laughs> um, other than that, I, I don't really know. I'm not much, uh, of a video game guy on the road, um, to be honest. So I just kind of like to watch it, I guess. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes out to join us here on Blackhawks Live. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on a great season uh, so far and, uh, go get them tomorrow night and on this homestand. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Brandon Hagel joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Great to finally catch up with uh, B. Hagel, uh, 38. Uh, We like to call him the man whose hair is on fire when he's uh, out there on the (laughs) ice. More straight ahead. Between now and 8 o'clock, we will be joined by the voice of the Blackhawks on radio, our good buddy John Wideman. That's all straight ahead. The other way comes to Brink at the center ice. Gave it to Patrick Kane. Did the lightning line on the right wing now to Dominic Kubelik, and he'll wave the puck down in behind the net. And it's stopped there by Vasilevsky to McDonough, who cleared it away the line. Kept in now by Kubelik. He put it down beside the net. Yanmark shoots and scores! It's a power play goal, and the Hawks take a 1-0 lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was a brilliant pass by Kubelik, who had the puck inside the blue line about five feet in the high slot area. And everybody thought he was going to shoot it. He put it down beside the net, and Yanmark just tapped it in behind Vasilevsky. 1-0 Hawks. It's like he's right there down in Tampa Bay, not missing a beat. You can't tell we're in a different world, at least for this season. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Been wanting to get him on for a while. We knew it would involve getting him on in his night off. But uh, joining Nick Gismondi and myself, Chris Bowden, is the great John Wideman. Four Illinois Broadcaster Association Awards for Best Radio Play-By-Play in the Chicago Market. He's called three Stanley Cup championships, 2014 Illinois Sportscaster of the Year, and half of the best play-by-play and color team in the business. 15 years running here in Chicago. Johnny, how are you doing tonight? Both after that build-up, I better be doing just <laughs> And by the way, you know what? I tell you and Nick, you know, you, you were mentioning those awards. That uh, that was a team effort. I mean, uh, there's no way I take all the credit for that. Because yeah, but you just, you, you just moved. There's somewhere in those boxes that you just moved somewhere uh, last uh, week, you know? Uh, yeah. 
You gotta, you gotta... They used to live in a man cave, and now I'm not sure where they are. But, um, <laughs> no, but um, I, I was just going to say, you take all those awards, and you take it down to you take them out to Dunkin' Donuts, and you give them 250, they'll get you a small coffee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, I, if you if you don't mind, I want to start off here. You know, and we'll get to some of the you know the, the, the challenges of of this season or the past year, I should say, in, in in your job, and talk about this team a little bit. But for those unfamiliar, I, I want to ask you to just give like a, a Reader's Digest version of of your backstory because didn't your family own? Um, you had a family owned business. I'm not sure if it was plumbing or something along those lines that I think you were going to run at one point back in your home of Kansas and. Uh, you decided no this this isn't going to be my future I, I have this dream i want to i want to live out is is that uh somewhat accurate in terms of the, the way i'm portraying things i would say somewhat accurate okay. yeah it, it was the wholesale plumbing supply business um and i i would say somewhat accurate I, the truth is is that you know like a lot of kids going to college i really wasn't sure what i wanted to do i know that i wanted to be a college graduate eventually so uh, that was like my first goal. I finally got that done in 1989, University of Kansas. Uh, I had a broadcast journalism degree. And then at that point, I, I was pretty focused on what I wanted to do. Uh, but taking the steps from graduating from college into the professional world, as you know, that can be a little troublesome at times mm-hmm. and fraught with all kinds of doubt and difficulty and, you know, diversions, if you will. Uh, but I was a pretty focused guy, and I did a lot of sacrificing at that time in my life. And to me, it, it couldn't have paid off better. I mean, being able to call the radio play-by-play for the Chicago Blackhawks, the team that I love, and work with a guy like Troy Murray and yourself, I mean, it bodes, I don't think it's going to get any better than that. So I'm, I'm pretty content right now. Wadza, uh, uh, first off, I miss you, buddy. I miss seeing you. I miss our, uh, I miss our conversations in the, in the, uh, the bowels of the United Center. <laughs> Yeah, Nick, the feeling's mutual, man. I mean, uh, when this COVID-19 ridiculousness passes and we're uh, back working shoulder to shoulder again, we'll, we'll get back and we'll talk. I mean, the coffee's on me. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I think I owe you more than more than one with all the advice and kindness you showed me last year in my first year. But uh, you sound great as always. I love listening. You and you and you and you and Troy obviously crush it and bode. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to share the same uh, radio waves with you for I think what is probably the first time. So uh, you know when you when you I'll get into the questions now. When you take a look at this team, what do you what do you like about this group right now because there was so much negativity that surrounded them before the season even started but man they've been impressive they've been exciting to watch at times a little bit of a slump right now but what is it that you really like and 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 take away from this group i like nick i like the fact that they have been able to block out a lot of that negativity that you spoke of they've been very focused about improving as a team and they have and they believe in themselves. They believe in the scheme that the coaching staff is preaching to them every day. You know, the last the last seven games, they've lost six of the last seven, you know. And so you can say, well, none of that really matters. Well, no, but it does matter because teams are going to go through losing streaks and they're going to go through diversity. I heard your show a little bit earlier. You guys made some great points about it. And I think that this group of players, they look at what's going on with them as this is an opportunity to not only have a lot of fun, but to pull together as a team and make something out of this season. And so, you know, this six-game homestand coming up is really, in, in many ways, is really going to shape, as far as I'm concerned, shape 
the character of this team. And I think by the end of it, we're, kind of, we're going to kind of know pretty well uh, what kind of character this hockey team really has. And I'm of the belief that they're going to come through it okay and that they're going to be right back uh, into the competition for that final playoff spot. Columbus is playing Carolina tonight. Last I knew, Carolina had a one nothing lead in that game. 3 nothing. And uh, 3 nothing now? Okay, yeah. fine. So if Columbus, <laughs> if Columbus stays where they are and the Blackhawks can win tomorrow night in the game where they're going to honor Patrick Kane for his 1,000th game, you know, they're back ahead and maybe they get some momentum and they, they take home ice to their best advantage. It's six games and all the competition in those six games is going to be very tough, but you know, Hey, it is home ice. It's familiar surroundings. So use it to your advantage. And I think they will. And this has been a real fun team to watch this season. Uh, unexpected to, to a certain degree by, by what certain expectations were uh, heading in, but you get to talk to Jeremy before every game and uh, that we that we run on our pregame show. And uh, I think you have seen uh, a, a uh, confidence and assuredness grow, uh, as you could only expect based on the situation as it was when he took over a couple, two and a half years ago or, or whatever it was. I'm losing count now. But, but you know, placed in a very difficult situation as the youngest coach in the NHL, I believe he still is. But uh, having a completely different sense, as you ask him, you know, a handful of questions before every game, uh, the calm and the confidence growing. He's always, he's always kind of exhibited that publicly, but I think now uh, having a real grasp on these players and having them understand what he is looking for and the old buy-in quote or phrase, uh, I think that's what's really shown most and what you hear most in Jeremy's voice when you're talking to him before every game. Well, Chris, let me start with this. I think Mr. and Mrs. Colleton out in Blackie, Alberta, did an exceptional job of raising their son because he is polite, he's considerate, he's intelligent, he's thoughtful. Uh, you know, he fell in love with the game of hockey from a very early age, so he's got a passion that burns for being the best coach he can possibly be and winning a championship. And I, I think that that's reflected in his attitude as he approaches his work every day and um, you know, me being somebody that's kind of on the periphery of that as the radio guy, what I try to do when I interview him is I try to get to subject matter that the regular media doesn't touch. I, I, I do listen to the post-game press conferences, and I try and think to myself, okay, I don't want to ask that question of Jeremy because that would be redundant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes I, I fail on that because... And maybe I didn't hear the entire press conference, and I repeat something. But what I try and ask are questions that the fans would want asked of their head coach. You know what I'm saying? Instead of instead of asking questions about statistics or you know the power play or uh, you know I mean pick a pick a topic. Mm-hmm. I try and ask him questions that will glean an answer that can give the fans and the listeners some kind of insight into what's going on with the team without revealing too much about maybe some of the personal aspects of the players involved, if it, if it ever gets to that. Um, case in point, you'll never hear me ask Jeremy about Jonathan Taves. Like, what's going on with Jonathan Taves? I would never put Jeremy in that position, number one. And number two, that's not my business. It's not anybody's business, but Jonathan Taves' business. And I know we're all hoping and praying that the captain of the Blackhawks is going to return to full health and get back to the lineup as soon as possible. But when it comes to those one-on-ones with Jeremy, I've got a finite amount of time, and I try to 
ask questions that I believe can glean answers that shed light on the situation and, you know, maybe even in that mix try and give the fans a little bit of hope going forward into that game that the Blackhawks are going to come out on top. So well-spoken, so accurate, and so honest of an answer, Wides. Like, I'm pumping your tires a little bit here, but I agree with you. I'm massively impressed by that guy. Uh, you know, I think Coach has done a wonderful job. I was impressed by him last year, and he's fun to just sit and talk hockey with because he's got such an intellect for it, and he's got such a passion for it, and, and that's so mm-hmm. important in this game of ours. Like, you, you just you have to love it, and you have to want to do more for it, and I think he's... I would agree with you. I think he's the perfect guy to, to kind of sort of guide this this mix of veterans and, and young guys. And with that, I ask you, like, you take a look at the, the young the young group that is here. Who, who's really stood out for you? We ran a little bit of poll on, on Twitter, on, on the WGN site, uh, on the WGN Twitter account, on, on who they think the most impactful, you know, rookie has been. And, I, you know, I don't know. I think most people kind of sort of went with Lankinen. But I would argue that, you know, Brandon Hagel, who we had on the, on the program just a little bit before you, has is, is certainly been somebody who I think has done quite a bit. Suter also has been impressive for me, but you know, you're living and breathing this. Who who stands out for you and, and why? It'd be hard for me to pick one guy out of the the gentleman that you named. I think they're all standing out and for different reasons. And they're they're exhibiting to me, they're exhibiting above average play. I mean they we're looking at a group that right now, in my opinion, my opinion, has overachieved. And they're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, I'll start with Lankanen. Kevin Lankanen, you know, Chris Chris knows as well. He's showing confidence as a young goaltender, the like of which I have never seen. I've never seen as a National Hockey League goaltender. Now, I never knew Tony Esposito, and I wasn't around when Tony O had just joined the Blackhawks from the Canadians organization back in the early 70s. And it's possible that Tony was the same kind of goaltender as far as confidence is concerned. But Lankanen, to me, has exceptional confidence. He doesn't seem to let things bother him. He takes a bad loss, and he says, okay, well, let's get back on the horse tomorrow. I know I can beat that team. I love that for a young guy. One guy you didn't mention was Philip Kershev. Philip Kershev, guys, in my opinion, has quietly turned into a real gem for the Blackhawks. And not only not only during the games themselves with the way that he plays and he sees the ice and sets up goals and he, he creates these highlight-type plays, we saw him in the shootout. Oh, my gosh, does Jeremy <laughs> Collison have a weapon? Yeah. You know, wow. Yep. So that was a bit of a surprise. And I didn't think that Kurashev was going to be ready to play at the NHL level until at least a year and a half from now. Yeah. But he has really surprised everybody with his play. You mentioned Hagel. I love the way Brandon Hagel plays. And I know when I saw him play last year in the last game of the regular season before COVID-19 hit, we saw Hagel and uh, Nicholas Bodan against the San Jose Sharks. And I looked at both of those kids and I thought, these kids are both future Blackhawks. I love the way they play. They get involved. They're assertive. They're not cocky. They're not guys who... Uh, think that they are NHL superstars. They just come to work and they work hard and they pay the price. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other guys that you met. Well, you, you mentioned Pew Suter. Mm-hmm. Anytime the Blackhawks sign a player that has been playing in Europe, the first thing I do is go to YouTube and I try to find video on the player. I did it when they signed Dominic Kubalik or when they traded for Dominic Kubalik. I thought to myself, I got to find out who this guy is. So I went on YouTube and I typed in Dominic Kubalik highlights. And there before me were about a half a dozen highlights 
I watched him play, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this guy, it looks like he looks like Marion Gabrick, former uh, NHL yeah. player who you know, had some great years, won a Stanley Cup with L.A. I thought, all right, this guy's going to join us. That's going to be fun. Lo and behold, I did the same thing with Q Suter and got some great video highlights. And I thought to myself, okay, this is going to help me to formulate the notion of how this guy plays. And he came to the Blackhawks. He's on the small side. You would think maybe he'd get a little bit intimidated, but he's been anything but that. And so they're all making contributions to the team. And I think that as the seasons go on, you're going to see these guys really take leadership positions within this team and grow the team and grow them in the right direction. So uh, kudos to Stan Bowman for some of the signings that he's had with these guys, and hopefully we're going to see plenty more of this. Well, John, uh, we wanted to get you on for quite some time. Glad we could do it here tonight. Uh, squeezing you in uh, before the Jayhawks take the floor uh, in the ah. NCAA tournament. So we had, we had to make sure that's scheduled out just right. But uh, uh, continued uh, great job doing it with all the challenges that we've been presented, especially uh, not being able to travel for you and Troy on the road, uh, just making it sound uh, as if you're there, as we heard on that highlight. And the good news is, you're home for the next six and eight of the next nine. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks a bunch for uh, coming on with us here. Hey, guys, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And, Bodes, we'll see you tomorrow night. Nick, keep up the great work. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks, Wides. I love you, buddy. I miss you. Give uh, give right. Troy a hug for me, too. Would you? He'll love that. <laughs> right. Take care, guys. Have a good one, John. John Wideman joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Time for our final break. Some closing thoughts when we return on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Great to have Brandon Hagel and John Wideman on the show as Nick Ismondi. Wind things down here towards the top of the hour, and we get set, uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, for a uh, important stretch of schedule, to say the least. We knew this entire month was going to be, but now, as we mentioned earlier, we get to see how the Blackhawks can fare against uh, Q's Florida Panthers when they get them on home ice there, and then you know a, a real important back-to-back Saturday and Sunday versus Nashville before Carolina blows into town and you know then you look at eight of the next nine here coming at home uh you know uh, writing things getting back on track and and fixing some of the issues that may have jumped up here con- uh, especially concerning special teams uh going to be important to kind of uh, rally the troops and and uh, get back in line here and try to uh, as we look at that columbus score once again i believe it is still three nothing in favor of carolina not that we should be scoreboard watching it at this early point but uh, which gets a little ridiculous but they've been caught and and now we get to see response once again. It's a word we've been using all season long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, reaction versus what are you what are you gonna you know how are you gonna handle it? You have something that happened, and now how are you gonna respond? Is what's the moxie of this team? What's the What's the makeup of this group? What's happening in that locker room? The things that we don't see about. Uh, you know, mentally, I think these guys are fine. I think they bounce back. I think they've got enough moxie and, and, and guys in that room that can, can get them lined up. You know, that Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith and, and those types of guys are going to be fired up and ready to go with it. And, you know, I, I, if you want to look at it technically from a hockey guy standpoint, I, I think the biggest difference that you're going to have to look for in their game in order to improve, in order to get some wins, is that transition game. Don't be sloppy. Don't try to do the complicated things. Make a simple pass. Get through neutralized, get the puck deep, and set yourself up. Possession is everything. So, you know, it's little things like that. I'm anxious to see. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to make any predictions. I, I just mentioned that to you before we came back on the air because 
normally bite you in the butt when you do such a thing, but uh, I do think that this is a good group, and I do think that they have the character enough to to bring them back from this little slump. And the last thing I'll say about it, Bodes, is that if you're going to go through it, now is now is the right time. It's a little bit of a wake-up call before that final real solid push has to happen to get yourself into the postseason. So learn from this, take that bitter pill, taste it, don't like it, and find a way to not have it, you know, Linger. Yeah, and we mentioned this uh, on the podcast that I did earlier today, too. When you look at this month-long stretch here between March 23rd and April 23rd, then as you head down the stretch, your last, uh, let's see, what is it, uh, eight, uh, seven games? You got Tampa Bay, Florida, Florida at home. At Carolina, three straight, and then back home against Dallas to close out the regular season in back-to-backs. So... Using this month to kind of vault yourself and put yourself in yeah. a position is going to be crucial. Yeah, massively. Huh? And, and, and that's where you have to look at it. You, now you're at a point in the season and it happens that quickly. Well, now you're, looking at, now you're looking at the schedule. Now you are scoreboard watching. Now you are looking at those standings every morning and every night. And you're thinking, okay, got to get two points here. Got to at least come away with you know, six points on this road trip, et cetera, et cetera. Math becomes, uh, math becomes a factor now. So you, 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 we're at that point in a shortened season that they all matter at the moment you're gonna have to play them all like they're your last jennifer it'd be fun to see how this team is able yeah. to respond coming off of that one in five road trip nick thanks a bunch hit him well this week we'll talk to you next monday all right <laughs> it sounds good buddy <laughs> nick Love you, man. nick <laughs> back at you joining us here we want to thank him we want to thank brandon hagel blackhawks media relations for setting that up along with uh, our buddy john weideman we return next monday night at seven be sure to join us tomorrow 6 30 for the pregame seven o'clock for john and troy's call against the florida panthers to open the six game road trip thanks as well to our producer curtis coke as well as to brett jackson spinning the dials behind the scenes again Blackhawks, two against Florida, two against Nashville, two against Carolina on this six-game homestand, then a one-off against Nashville for a couple of games against the Dallas Stars, eight of the next nine at the Madhouse on Madison. We wish there were fans making some Madhouse noise.